Hello everyone and welcome to the Leaps and Bounds podcast. I am your host Heath Thorpe and here we discuss all things life, gymnastics, queer and whatever we want. I am joined by a very special guest, Morgan Hurd. Hello. This is like really strange for us because we usually have our FaceTime calls, which admittedly have been less common these days, but I guess that's life, hey? Because we're adults now. We're adults and we're trying to manage and juggle life. But anyway, welcome to the podcast. You are my my first guest. I'm so honoured. I thought it was just very fitting. I feel like it's a very full circle moment to my media career, I guess, because a lot of people discovered me through our friendship back in 2018. Um, So it's very nice to have you here. So a lot has happened since our Instagram live era, which would have been COVID, so 2020. Mm -hmm. You're in college now. I'm currently living in Belgium. Did you you graduate? No, I still have not graduated. (laughs) Wait a minute. I feel like you've been in uni since like 2018. <laughs> you just never yeah. graduated. Yeah, girl, you're right. I... You, know, you know, that's okay. That's that's so real. I have one subject left and <laughs> I just keep pushing it back every time I'm in Europe. I'm like, you know what? I'll do it when I get back to Australia. And now I'm like living here. So I'm like, I'll do it at some point. But yeah, I haven't graduated. For those listening, I'm doing a Bachelor of Communication. Are you going to graduate before I do? Spring of 2025. Look, I hope to be graduated by the end of 2024. <laughs> so I think I should be that. I only have one subject left. Exactly. Oh my God. Anyway. Okay. So I still haven't graduated. Morgan is halfway through, well, more than halfway through her uni degree now. Mm-hmm. Catch us up on everything that's happened since 2021, I'm going to say. We'll circle back to that. But can you give a little recap of your experience in NCAA, your injuries, um, NIL, everything. Just give a quick summary and then we'll pick apart and dive into the deeper topics. Okay. Um, 2021, didn't make Olympic trials. Um, and then, God, what did I do? Oh, I went on tour. That was super fun. Loved tour. I'm actually getting a bunch of like memories from tour right now and it's kind of making me sad. What was <laughs> your favorite still, memory? Like, oh, I don't know. I just like, I love traveling. So just like being somewhere new every single day was so much fun. Um, I love getting closer to like all the girls, especially like Ellen, Ellie and Melanie, um, because, you know, they're like people that you see like once, twice a year. So especially them. Um, and then, you know, like a week before I was due to come to college, not only did my car blow, but my knee blew. So that was a fun little duo together. Yeah. Do you want to tell people about that knee specifically? Because I remember when you did it, but do you want to explain to everyone how it happened? Oh, yeah. So, well, I was doing this under a layout on the um because I was still planning on competing that in college. So, because, like, you know, no elbows. Um, but I landed completely fine. And then my knee just, like, turned in and gave out. And I fell off the beam and I sat on the floor. And so I was like, you good? I'm like, you know, I might be dramatic, but I feel like my knee just, like, popped. And then I was like, but I'm not really sure. But then one of my teammates, like, two beams down, um, she was like, no, I heard your knee pop. I was like, okay, cool. But then I went to a concert in New York the next day. Um, and I just was like, eh, it'll be fine. It's like a little stiff, but like, it's fine. It doesn't like hurt or anything. And then on Monday I come in and um, I'm like, okay, I'm good. I'm going to like run. And they're like, no, you need to go to the doctor. I'm like, fine. <laughs> like, I, I'm not really going to go to the doctor at all. 
So I went to the doctor and got my MRI. They're like, yeah, your ACL is torn. I was like, you're joking. And like, I, I came into the gym. Like, I'm like crying already. Kelly saw that. And I was like, oh my God, I have to call Jenny. <laughs> so I get on the phone with Jenny and immediately she's like, oh my God, we can't wait to have you here. We're so excited. I'm like, okay, I blew, I tore my ACL. It's just like, oh. Oh. <laughs> yeah, so yeah I, I got more imaging once I came to Florida since I was going to do my surgery here. Um, and they were like, oh, your all your fibers in your knee are missing. You tore this a while ago. And I was like, oh, and then it, it like clicked. I was like back in I think 2020, like during the fall, um, I was training two and a half punch fronts, uh, because I was trying to get rid of the front layout front double. And I hurt my knee because I like it turned in and because I, I thought I like hyperextended it, but Slava was sitting right in front of me and he was like, No, like it turned in and like I couldn't straighten it for like a week. And I was already going to the doctor for my elbow. So I got that checked out. And they're like, oh, it's just a sprain. I was like, okay. And then like a week passed and it was fine. And then I just like, it never hurt again. And it was like completely fine. Bro, I remember when that (laughs) happened. I think you sent me the video and I was like, I think you did your ACL. And you were like, no, 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 it's fine. Like I've gone and got an x-ray. There's nothing. I'm like, yeah, because x-ray doesn't show your ACL. And you're like, no, no, it's fine. It's a bit swollen. It was like so puffy. And then yeah, a week later, you're tumbling. So you competed that elite season with a partially torn ACL. And did uh, 30 some shows on tour. Cause I tumbled on that show too. That's wild. That is wild. I was like, I mean, at least it, I'm just glad it waited to at least blow like after tour. Cause that would have been really embarrassing if like I tore my ACL during a show. <laughs> I think yeah. I would have died of embarrassment, honestly. <laughs> well, I'm glad that didn't happen because it did look like an amazing tour. Yeah. Okay, so you did your ACL told Jenny and then you went to college had your surgery and then when did you first compete god I didn't compete until the following season um I competed at our home opener so like my first meet back was this year yeah this year so January of 2022 and and then I failed off the bars (laughs) you did you really failed girl you slipped (laughs) in that was so funny it's because I failed my half year like four different times but I was but you know elite mindset I'm not getting off the bar my nerve wasn't in the correct place so in the fall before season I was in the weight room and I was like doing like overhead presses not even like with a heavy weight it was like maybe 15 pounds um and my elbow popped I was like wow that kind of hurt like it usually pops but not like that and I went to the doctor and he literally just did this and he was like, your nerve popped out of place. I was like, oh, so cool. So I couldn't really feel my hands, to be honest, like that entire season, which is why I wasn't really on bars too. Because um, every day was a toss up if I, like, I would stay on the bar or not. So me just adding like 10 casts to my bar routine where I can already barely feel my hand just didn't, didn't, really, didn't really fly well with that ending tell on. You and your elbows, man. <laughs> How many surgeries have you had now? Oh, God, like 10, I think. Something like that, nine. I Wait, just feel like there's eight? not much, there can't be much of an elbow left to even perform surgery on. The, so there's not, there's no cartilage left. Like there's actually no cartilage left in my elbow, like at all. So it's just like bone rubbing on bone. So I just keep getting bone spurs instead. They also had to move my nerve the last surgery into like a correct place so I could feel my hand, which I can now. So that's great. Horrible. You know what? Well, I'm glad you can feel your hand again, but we need to find people to donate you elbows. Okay, speaking of easy, looking ahead quickly to this season, how's training going? How are you feeling about lineups and I guess your potential to be competing this season? Uh, training's going really well. 
without kind of giving too much away um just because i don't even know what i'm doing yet like i feel like low-key things change for me on a weekly basis yeah. um, of like moving skills around and stuff but of what i have been doing in the past like two weeks has been going like super well making a lot of progress um i feel like super strong like honestly over the summer i didn't do any gymnastics i just like went in i went to like the student rec gym and just like worked out myself there and i honestly got like so strong like over the summer like physically fit like even adrian was like this is like the fittest i've ever seen you and i was like that's kind of crazy too but yeah i just feel i feel really good but i'm not gonna give too much away because it could change too <laughs> it could change absolutely but i guess taking that time in the gym over summer the rec gym was it a good mental break from gymnastics was it something you felt like you needed to do as well as physically um yeah it definitely was because i mean i, I love training with the team like um there's so much fun to train with but from growing up in an environment and being kind of the person that i am i just like i prefer sometimes to be just like be able to be in my own head and like train by myself you know like, listen to my own music and just kind of like go at my own pace without having like the outside kind of factors especially like you know growing up i like basically only trained alone um so sometimes it's, it's just like a nice change of pace so it was nice just like getting to not have to do gymnastics where it wasn't like i fear in the back of my mind or like i really had to focus where this was like something i just like turn my mind off completely and just go do okay yeah i mean it makes total sense as well when you're talking about training by yourself i know it's a completely different vibe and it really just comes down to like personal preference i'm sure the ncaa vibe is a lot of fun but i can imagine it's also like intense so it's probably nice to have a little bit of a break from it but okay we won't talk too much about the next season then but it looks like you have a black swan floor routine or a bit of it i do know the whole thing is it's the orchestral version of black swan I actually I cut this music on our way to SEC. I was like, oh, girl, I'm ready. I'm like, when can I? I'm like, when can when can we choreograph this? Do you know what's wild about that? You know how like we always would have the conversation about us being twin flames. I have started. This is like on Saturday. Last Saturday I had a competition, and I started listening to Black Swan before my high bar routine. Really? Because one of one of my new coaches is like basically you need to think of your highball routine as like rhythmic and violin and fluidity. So I was like, I'm gonna listen to Black Swan and then you posted that the next day. So it's our minds. So, it's so good. I'm I'm obsessed with this floor routine. I actually choreographed like a very large part of it. Um and J3 kind of just like kinda gave me like details or like guidance. I was like, this feels strange. What am I doing wrong? Like, you know, like Cause he's like someone that's like actually watching me versus me just like doing it. And I'm like, this feels wrong, but I don't know what looks wrong. Like, but so that was like super fun. I had already come in with like a bunch of different ideas that I came up with like over the summer. So it was like, I really love this 14, especially cause it's like literally a piece of me. Yeah. was that nerve wracking choreographing your own floor routine or was it just something you kind of lent into and had fun with? I feel like it's something I kind of led into and I just had fun with because even my past four routines, I've been like extremely opinionated about like what I like. So yeah, it you was have. almost like, <laughs> I just like, <laughs> I just like fell into the role. Yeah. Okay. I can see it. It's very natural for you. That's a, that's a lot of catching up, I guess, in the last two years and we'll try and dig into each bit. Starting off with a little bit more of a down period will get out of the way but a lot of people have been asking about 
how you overcame 2021 and when you didn't make Olympic trials after obviously COVID, you had the elbow injuries and, you know, a partially torn ACL without realizing, but you got to the nationals and didn't compete as well as you were hoping to, and then consequently didn't make or didn't get selected through to Olympic trials. Do you want to take us through that process and how you found out and I guess how you felt in that moment and then we'll get on to moving past that and how it's been since yeah so like going into nationals I already like wasn't like super confident and um even Salva knew that and we had kind of like called up and was like what should we do in this situation like should we send in routines from home and petition that way go and compete like a watered down like guaranteed hit routines um but maybe like you know score lower at nationals or just do two events and petition and like basically he was like um like come and compete we know you've been injured we know what you can do uh we know how quick you overcome injury like just come and compete and like we'll accept your petition and then lo and behold i mean like i know i know for a fact that i did not i mean i fell five times got like a 12 one four. <laughs> i didn't do nearly up to the standards of a olympic gymnast or even like really world-class gymnast should have done um, but I was like, you know, coming off that injury and really just kind of trying to build my confidence. And I had shown in years past that I can completely flop. I mean, take 2017, for example, where I completely flop out of nationals. And then like within a few weeks, I turn it all around for myself. And like, that's kind of something I just need almost to do per year is like flop at least once so that I can do really good later, I guess. It's a terrible way. But yeah, so it was kind of like a really big um, slap in the face to just not even like had my petition accepted, uh, I would have gone and competed a watered down everything routine with like a layout. I've lost like a layout off everything and hope probably maybe made it to Olympic trials. So that was just really like, I didn't get to end my elite career on my own terms. And I think that's what kind of hits me the most. Whereas like, if I had made it to, if they had accepted my petition to Olympic trials, realistically, I would have been like, yeah, I'm not making the Olympics. That's fine. Like I'm not in it where I need to be but I'm at Olympic trials and I knew that that's how I wanted to close out my career. And the fact that I didn't get to end my elite career on my own terms is just what really like was a big slap in the face essentially. And the fact that he like continuously lied to the media and tried to pin me as like delusional or whatever. Um, and you um, was just really, it was, it was so gross and it made me lose a lot of respect, honestly. Um, yeah. It was pretty heartbreaking just to watch even from afar do you want to give people an insight into because you you didn't even really get official confirmation on the floor if I remember correctly they just came up to you and what did they say um so I think I don't know exactly who because I wasn't like over there at the time but um someone had gone and told Slava some official um and then Slava came and told me and he was actually like because obviously I wasn't getting a medal or anything he's like do you want to leave you want to leave right now and I was like I have to take the world champions photo still. And like tears are already like starting with that photo is the worst photo I've ever seen of myself because my face is already so puffy. It's, it's, it's terrible. But yeah, so I was, you know, trying to be um, just, I was trying to be there for my friends too. So I just sat and I watched awards. And if you watched Golden on Peacock, you can actually see like, he's like very close to me. Like, and I'm like so uncomfortably close for someone I'm not close to especially like I'm not a person that likes to be touched unless it's by like specific people. And he was like on my foot, like literally like right up against me. He was like, oh, what do you say? He's like, you know, you'll always be a world champion. And we're so grateful 
for everything that you've done and all the medals that you've won for Team USA. And he started saying a bunch of other stuff too. And honestly, I just zoned out because I was like, I'm trying not to cry right now. You're on my number one hit list right now. (laughs) So it was just like, why would you try to talk to me right now? Like that felt so like inconsiderate and just like trying to look like the good guy to the media to me. Yeah, I think also like a little bit patronizing as well. Like that's not what you want to hear in that moment. Like you want to be away. And I think it should have been dealt with better in the first place. But even if you if they dealt with it how they did, they should have at least given you that space and time to be by yourself. But yeah, that was horrible. I just remember receiving that call from you and you were like in tears. And I was just like, I was so angry, bro. I was like, I'm going to Twitter. I'm posting this. And I went like, it went off. It went like viral in the gym world in like 10 seconds. You deleted it like 20 minutes later and said, I'm deleting it for a week. Yeah, it was intense. I was just like, I mean, in hindsight, maybe I shouldn't have posted it. But at the same time, like, it felt like just an injustice to your career and everything you'd worked for and all the time and effort you'd put in and also everything you'd done for the US program. I was just like gutted for you. And it was, um, yeah, a really terrible moment. So I'm sorry you had to go through that because I couldn't imagine no, I mean- how that would have been. I just appreciate you being like such a good friend, honestly, in that moment, because like, it wasn't something that I was going to personally put out, obviously, because it would have made me look like I was making excuses for myself. And that was like the last thing I wanted anyone to see, like, I was going to take it with not a smile, but I was going to take everything with like a straight, with like straightforward face and just like looking forward and ahead, you know, but um, I feel like what you did really kind of highlighted the lack of transparency that was within the Federation, especially um, because of what they were saying of how I had to place top three on an event when we were not told that whatsoever. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think I remember even weeks before the trials, I mean, before nationals, you were like, oh, this is what I have to do. This is what I've been told I had to do. And I was like, easy, you know, just go there, compete, like give it a go. As, as you said, your strategy would have been a whole lot different if there was more transparency and clarity around it. Yeah, you're very much a person that will, I guess, take it as it is and deal with it in a certain way. And I think even you've been a bit foundational to helping me with recent ordeals as well of how to deal with that. So yeah, I guess that's always in your character, but sometimes we need other people to speak up, I guess, for each other. Right. It's like the thing where you won't tell the waitress that they messed up your food, but you'll tell the waitress that they messed up your friend's food. Yeah, absolutely. That's very, very true. What was it like the months? And I guess even it it hasn't been that long. It's been like two years. And I know that feels like a lifetime ago, but like when you've trained your whole life, that's not that long. How are you now about it? And how, how have you processed that time in your career and how it ended? Yeah, I actually, you know, I don't know if I like fully did process it. I feel like I just kept moving forward as like, well, it's a thing of the past. Like, there's nothing I can do about it now. Like, yeah, it sucks. Like this, the this in my heart, it felt so unfair, you know. And I really like kind of sat with that for a really long time. Um, I feel like I kept trying to like just ignore it, not necessarily because I didn't want to process it, but because I didn't really have the toolkit of like how to, and. I feel like it just kind of like escalated with like sitting like kind of like deep in me too, especially because I wasn't competing all season and I was injured. So I was literally just sitting there. I felt like a waste of space. I felt useless. Like I wasn't doing anything. I wasn't getting better, whatever. Um, So it was just like, like overall, it was just such like a bad feeling of like, 
I didn't even have anything to kind of redeem myself at the time. What my hopes were was like, okay, I didn't do that, but let me go have a great college career now. And then immediately I'm on the sidelines doing nothing. So I felt like it wasn't something that truly processed until I started doing gymnastics again. And it was like, okay, well, that happened. So that's kind of how it feels now. Like, yes, it was such a sucky situation, but I also make jokes about it, like, on the daily almost. Um, and it's just, that's my form of processing. Um, but then I kind of just, like, pushed myself past that. It was like, okay, well, it's time to focus on my gymnastics now, not my gymnastics in the past. Okay. And what what would you say the biggest lesson you learned from that whole process, I guess, is? I always knew I was kind of like a resilient person. That's what a lot of people told me, like overcoming like a lot of like personal struggles as well as just like gymnastics injuries and such. But I feel like that really showed me just how resilient I actually am. Because if I can like, if I can come out of making it a good situation of literally getting my dreams crushed right in front of my eyes, um, what I worked my entire life for, uh, then God, I can overcome anything, I guess. Yeah, you're amazing. And I'm always very, very proud of you. So, yeah. Okay. So the down part, that's out of the way. We're done with the negativity. But thank you for sharing. Because I just, I also realized you haven't really like spoken a whole lot about it. So I want to like provide that space yeah. for you to do so. Thank you. Yeah, I like spoke a lot about it, like right after the event happened, which is like good to get kind of your thoughts like in the moment. But also, I feel like it's really important to kind of speak on it, like even years and years later, just to see how you, like, you've grown from it. Okay. So, on to the next chapter. You're currently in the next chapter. To answer also a lot of the questions, Elite. Don, I know you've like considered it a few times, uh, at least to me. What, where are you at with it now? Okay, so those considerations were like a delusion where I hadn't come back to gymnastics after being injured yet. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to do a lead. I, yeah. I'm going I'm to come back and I'm going to be great. I come back and I'm like, God, this gymnastics got hands, bro. God damn. Like, yeah. Not a fully strong knee, el- like nerve out of place. I was just like, yeah. I'm like, I stand on the beam now and I'm like, God, this is so scary, guys. <laughs> I was playing around with a different series earlier this uh semester i was trying to do standing layout layout because i can't do a handspring layout because i can't do a handspring because i will just like a single handspring because i will just myself right out the side of the beam um and i'm standing up there trying to go backwards i'm like oh my god i used to do a standing full i was like that is crazy i'm like standing for like my round off like double full and i'm like oh my god i used to do like a like a double pike used to be my warm-up how am i at this point right now where i'm standing for a layout and i'm like mm, what if i fall once you get out of the elite repetitions and numbers, it's, like, almost impossible to get back. Yes. No, I mean, like, I was a gymnast that used to do, like, 10 to 15 of every single skill every day. God, this is why my body's so messed up, by the way. Um, and now they're, like, I get capped at, like, five. And I'm, like, no, I need to do more. <laughs> Let me just, this was, like, a big fight I had. Not, like, okay, not, like, a fight, but I was, like, mm, I was pushing their button last season. Where in the fall, I was, like, no, I need to do more. Like, I haven't done gymnastics in eight months. You need to let me do this. <laughs> Okay, so Elite, she's gone. She's out the door. Bye bye. Thank you. She's she's gone. Um, I don't think I can get my, myself to do those skills anymore, even if my body would let me. Yeah, screw doing like half those skills. I would never do a standing full on a beam. So, the fact you ever did it, I can't believe I ever did that. I'm like, I used to get up and just do it cold, like because I didn't like warm me up. I would warm up when I'm on the floor, and then I would just get up and do it. I'm like, how? 
how did I do that? that is crazy. I used to do like cold bar routines sometimes with a comova. That is like that's actually insane. Like my yeah. early week career, I feel like sometimes just needs to be like studied because there was no way I should have been able to do any of that. <laughs> Bro, yo yo chenko block for your chenko doubles. I will forever what drag block? that. I will forever drag what that. Block? There was no block. <laughs> there was no block. One of the hand one of my hands was off the table. Horrible. Terrifying. How did I make how did I make that on my feet? There's no way I physically should have been able to make that on my feet. I don't know either. Actually, speaking of elite skills, what was some that you trained and never competed? Because I feel like a lot of people want to know that. Oh, I have a whole compilation like really far back on my Instagram. I think when I first came to college. Um Oh, I trained a Navieva and I also did it from a solder. And that was like before I had my four elbow surgeries before 2021. It was I, it was almost in full like routines as well. Oh, yeah. No, I was doing nabs to downy straight to pack. And I was trying to do my pack straight to a chow. And I was like, because I could, I could get into the solder and stuff. So like, I was I was there. And then I had four more elbow surgeries and I wasn't there anymore. <laughs> But so I had both nabs. Um, I was real because I was like, I'm gonna get a herd. I'm gonna do it. <laughs> and then, but it's fine. I was training front two and a halves. I trained. I I think I competed at like some random like elite qualifier that I was just like practicing at. But I did triples. Uh, I've done three and a halves. Um, oh, I used to do a running double front when I was really young too. When I was like 15, for like a hot minute, I did front layout, front double full, front punch tuck full. Obviously, I had the two and a half front full and then I tore my knee on that yeah um, unfortunate. <laughs> yeah oh and I just did I did a toe full double double off bars okay you had a lot of skills you didn't compete um but that's okay I feel like that's like most elite gymnasts it's like people don't understand the difference of having a skill in training to then having it in competition on hard surface under pressure it's like a whole nother ball game right exactly but one thing about college now that previously wasn't a thing was NIL Obviously, like for those listening that don't understand, the name, image, and likeliness rules now allow for athletes to make money based off their, I guess, their profile and their image. You still can't make money from competing in gymnastics, but it's obviously opened up a whole new avenue for athletes and like specifically like women in sport as well. Do you want to like talk about a little bit about your experience with that and how it's like, I guess, helped you set yourself up a little bit moving forward? Yeah, it's really great because, um, you know, we can't, as like a student athlete, you don't really have like the time or the energy to be able to hold like a, a regular job to make your income. Because I mean, yes, so like currently I am on a full ride scholarship, but I still have like other expenses in my life as well as like I need to be saving for like what comes after college. Because as soon as I would exit college, I need to get uh, my own apartment on my own. I need to get like, a, like jobs don't just come like that as well, especially these days. Um, but so it's like, it's just really great as a way for me to be able to earn money, not only like just for myself, but for my future. I feel like it's really well-deserved for athletes to be able to earn money now, just because like we do kind of like put our face forward a lot for the university. So it's also nice to like, kind of get some in return. That's just not just towards schooling, but will help set us up for like things after school. I've always just found it like so wild that like as athletes, we are the core of the sport and it wouldn't exist without us, but we don't see any of the profit or any of the, I guess, monetary gains from it. So it's like really amazing that NIL now 
allows for that. But what would your advice be for especially athletes coming through how they can build their NIL? Because really it has a lot to do with social media as well. And there's platforms and profiles. Do you have any words of wisdom for them? Um, I would say honestly, just like be your authentic self, kind of like see what your target audience is and really just like play into that while like being your authentic self. You don't have to take every single deal that's offered to you. Like know your worth, know if people, like, and you can like ask whatever resources that you have um, if they are lowballing you and how to kind of uh, get out of that as well. Just do honestly what feels right to you. Like I've, with like scripts and stuff, like you just kind of, you have to do what feels natural as well. So that comes with like talking to the brands and stuff about like what exactly you are okay with doing and what you're not okay with doing as well. I'm actually going to do an episode on, not NIL, but making social media a part of your career as an athlete so i'll dive into it a little bit deeper but i think that's the thing one of the things you mentioned like low bowling it's what happens to like most athletes even just like i was talking to some athletes at world championships who like amongst the best in the world and they're talking about some brand deals they're getting and they're like yeah we're getting free products and i was like baby no absolutely not you like can be raking in money sometimes like tens of thousands of dollars with these deals like some athletes hundreds of thousands like you need to like know your worth so i think like reiterating like using those resources if you're at college like talking to someone who knows the business and the money side of it is really important but then also yeah i think authenticity as you mentioned is like really big i think that's why like i mean part of the reason you obviously incredibly like successful in your career and a world champion but i think what a lot of people enjoyed about our dynamic was it was like real and it was relatable because we were just ourselves and in a sport where that doesn't happen often you're told to act in a certain way and be a bit of a robot I think it was refreshing so if any athletes are listening just like yeah be yourself on social media give everything a go and realize that also every bit of content every deal doesn't need to be 100% perfect like see it as a day-to-day job like not every day is going to be a perfect day in the office so do the same okay that's some good advice thanks for sharing um Next on the college agenda, you are involved in some initiatives and clubs. It's, as I said, hard to keep up. Do you want to tell everyone what they are and what you guys are doing? So I write, I'm a writer um, for Sparks Magazine, which I believe there's three chapters across Florida. It's um, Asian, all Asian American uh, involved, like magazine. Um, we cover very broad range like I don't I couldn't even like tell you like from a point a to point b uh, of like what we cover it's it's super cool I've been writing for it ever since my first semester here it's super fun and honestly I always was like oh I would I don't want to do journalism I don't like journalism and then I signed up to write for this magazine <laughs> so but it's it's so cool uh, we can kind of they have a list of topics that we can pick from to write about, or you can also pitch your own story, which is really cool. So like, as long as you have a basis and it's like, you know, like uh, goes, it plays into like what the magazine like usually talks about and like its morals and such, uh, they'll, they'll really accept it. Like the very first semester I was here, I actually pitched my own story and I wrote about the adoptees here at UF. So that was really cool to kind of like, cause it also gave me kind of an insight to the community as well, being like a first, like a first year. Um, so yeah, I'm a, I've been writing for that for, I think I'm in my fourth semester now. Yeah, my fourth semester. Super fun. You work with a designer and photographer and an editor uh, to create your spread. My spread this semester is actually so cool. Like my designer really like popped up Work. on this one. I wrote about um, how like tattoos have been seen as like a deviance thing kind of within the Asian American community and they're turning into like a form of self-expression. 
Uh, I thought that was like a really good story for me to write about. Uh, I'm also the director of the Jiaqing Lion and Dance Troupe, which so we do traditional and modern um, lion and dragon dancing. Uh, it, so one of my friends who is actually like the co-founder of it, he graduated now and he went back home. He, I became friends with him through Sparks. He was also a writer. And in the fall semester, he was like, go dance lions, go dance lions. I was like, I don't think I can dance lions. Like that was hard. I don't think, I don't have the upper body strength for that. Like, I don't think I can hold the head, but I was like, you know what? I'm gonna really push myself out of my comfort zone. So I did it and oh my God, I instantly fell in love. It was so, so much fun. I loved it. It challenged me in a lot of different ways that like a lot of different physical and mental ways that gymnastics has in as well as like it kind of plays into more of like a uh, teamwork aspect because you are like working like directly with another person in order to like make a great performance. Um, so like I did, God, I think I had, like four or five performances last year. And then I coerced to, I, cause I also made like my greatest friends in college through that as well. And I, so I coerced two of my other friends to become co-directors with me for this semester, <laughs> for this uh, school year. And so we're co-directors and we're in charge of all things internal performances wise. So we choreograph um, uh, the different uh, ASU, the Asian American Student Union's um, umbrella orgs. And if they want to do lines, then we choreograph those shows. So I just, me and my friend Kiana just choreographed um, CASA's Mid-Autumn. And then our other co-director, Katie, choreographed uh, the Vietnamese student organizations, um, Triple T. And then, so we'll have more shows in the spring as well. And then we have one more director too, who's like doing an internship in DC right now, but he also helped me co-choreograph uh, the Asian American Student Assembly, which is like the big Asian American unions uh, show in the beginning of the semester. And then I'm also <laughs> the videographer for the Chinese American Student Association. Um, I actually wasn't going to go out for this position because I was like, I'm already doing enough. I don't want to do it anymore. But then my friends who I also got to be directors with me, they were like, come be on board with us. It'll be so much fun. We can all be on cost of board together. I was like, fine. So I went out for videographer because like that's something I really enjoy doing. And it actually really pushed me to go and buy a really proper camera. So I have a uh, Sony Alpha A7 III now. Um, cause I've been talking about buying, you know, this, I've been talking about buying yeah. a camera for how many years and I'm like, I never do it. And but I finally have a really nice camera. I love my camera. It's like my baby. Um, and I learned how to use Premiere Pro, not CapCut. <laughs> and I, so I, <laughs> Hey, CapCut's actually pretty good though. Like CapCut is so good. It's easy to use. And I can do it on my phone. <laughs> I still make my ads on there, so but so I still use CapCut sometimes. Um, but it's so much fun. I go to like all of our cost events. I'm also required to be there as an officer, but I just like I film. I make fun little videos. I actually so I film like all of Casa Dance's um, showcase videos. I'm making recap videos. I'm behind on making the mid autumn recap video right now. Um, I make fun little promotional videos. I made such a silly one for mid autumn. It was so funny. <laughs> But it, it's honestly just so much fun. I love it. I don't know how you're alive. I'm exhausted just listening to you <laughs> tell me that. Um, I'm not going to lie. Being an English major is really easy, so that kind of helps. <laughs> no, it actually looks like you're thriving in those like initiatives and organizations. For you, how important has it been to have those deliberately curated spaces for representation and diversity? 
it's been such like a pivotal and important part of my life. Like if you've if you've seen like Inside Out, you know how like they have like like the the core memories, like the islands. Like this is these are my islands basically um, for this chapter in my life because you know growing up, especially like in a predominantly white community, a white family being an adoptee who was never exposed to whatsoever to my own culture, like never educated on it as a child. I always was just like I don't fit in anywhere like I was always really uncomfortable like even like being with my family um the gym wasn't like terrible honestly like my gym is pretty diverse and in the era that I was with elite it was actually like fairly diverse but it still was just like I'm not really like Asian enough like I don't belong within the API community like whatsoever like it didn't feel like my community um so like being able to come here I was really nervous at first to like join CASA just because I was like I'm not like Chinese enough like but everyone here is just like so accepting. Like they don't care who you are. Like we are very, like our organization is still very diverse, even though we are kind of like Asian centered. We're not like Asian um, exclusive or anything. So like anyone can join, um, but it's just been so much fun. And like lion dancing has really gotten me to feel closer like with my culture and make me feel like I belong as well as like the people around me. And it's just been, it's been great. It's like a weight off my chest every time like I hang out with any of them. Oh, that's actually really beautiful. I'm so glad to hear. It sounds like it's yeah been such a pivotal and positive experience. So I'm really glad that you've had that. Okay, so in, I guess, 2019 to 2021, towards the end of your elite career, you were quite vocal online about a lot of advocacy, advocacy topics and issues. That then was quite unusual for gymnasts. And I feel like even now, it's still like, it's not common. I even like, when I talk about like queer rights, I still feel like I'm the only one doing it in the gymnastics world. And like, I often don't see many other advocacy uh, issues being brought to the platform. So how, how was your experience with that while trying to be a competitive athlete as well? Cause I think that's something people underestimate is the exposure to things that gets you like negative as well as positive, but it's like a whole nother, it's a whole nother factor into the career. So how was that for you? And I, I think how has that helped you as well um, kind of form your comfortability in advocacy, not just online, but offline as well? Yeah, so I feel, I've been really fortunate that I've been able to grow up in an environment um, in my gym where I'm allowed to have opinions and I'm allowed to say things. Like that was kind of like my rela- whole relationship with Solomon Brooke that I was like allowed to like, you know, like speak up for myself and like, you know, me and Slavo, like, we like we like, push push each other's buttons. <laughs> Sometimes I did it on purpose, but um, so I feel like that kind of really helped. But you know, like when deciding whether I really wanted to voice my real opinions online for people to see, it was at first a little, um, you know, like scary because I had to think about how this would affect my position on teams. What other like I even had this conversation with Slavo when I was like, how, how will this like affect me? Like how this like how will other people like kind of like look at it, you know? Like I want people to look at me just for my gymnastics, but then I want people to look at it, the other me as a person, you know? Um and like be able to like kind of separate the two. But ultimately I was just like, you know what, gymnastics ends this. I hope it ends but it's not going to, you know, and I feel like that's so, it's so much more important to be a person than a gymnast. Yeah. It was, it was just very cool to have you be speaking up on those issues at, yeah, as I said, such a time when it was so uncommon. And I think also you were very foundational to helping me find my voice as well. So thank you for that too. 
speaking of gymnastics being over, plans for the future, what does non-gymnastics Morgan Heard look like in say 10 years? Do you have do you have a plan yet? God, I have I honestly have like zero idea. Um <laughs> I'm an English major. Why did I choose English? I don't even know. It's easy, I guess. I'm be really for real. Like I have nothing else interested me. <laughs> and so I have looked into like publishing maybe. I was gonna try to get an internship this year. Um, but a lot was going on in my life at the time and I missed the deadline for the application. But it's fine. It's okay. Uh yeah, so I honestly like I have no idea, but I feel like that's one of the cool parts about English is that it can kind of be a stepping stone into like a lot of different things, and I think it helps that I am doing a lot of different things in college, so that no one can like put me in a box of like this is all you've ever done, so that's all, so you can't do anything else now. Whereas like I'm I'm dipping my toes in a bunch of different things, so like I can have that you know like on my resume and stuff. But uh yeah, I have no idea. I would love to move to New York City. For what? I don't really know. But also, uh, my boyfriend's going to be entering med school next year. So we'll also see if that takes me somewhere, too. You know what? And, like, that's valid because I I mean, I was the one that asked the question. But I've been getting that question a lot as well, especially after Worlds when I was there for, like, journalism. They're like, what are you going to do after gymnastics? And I'm like, I, I don't know. God, I don't know. Let me, let me worry about when I'm done gymnastics. <laughs> I think also because like we've had our lives planned out for us from like eight years old, right? Like we knew right. what we're doing yeah. every single year all the way up until like an Olympic cycle 12 years away. Like mm-hmm. I think it's kind of nice just to like sit in the present and be like, I'm going to see what I like and what I don't like and then I will figure it out from there. <laughs> right. Like if I'm in a harrowing situation where like I need to get my life together, I'll get my life together. But I'm in a comfortable situation and I'm so grateful for that that I can just kind of see how things are going to play out. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, we're about to go into our little rapid five questions wrap up, but I do have like one more quick topic question I want to ask, kind of circling back to the um, diversity and everything within sport. How do I word it? Okay. I mean, okay, so for, for example, NCAA, I feel like we're seeing a lot more facilitation facilitation facilitating what am i trying to say facilitation that's a word right yeah but okay yeah (laughs) anyway (laughs) we're seeing i think (laughs) i think we're seeing a lot more diverse thinking opinions personality demographics facilitated ncaa compared to elite i mean obviously elite we've had a lot of history makers this year like we had an all-black podium at the world championships and all around so i think naturally we're seeing more diversity because of the athletes achievements but i still feel like it lacks that space for the athletes personality and voices as much what do you think the difference is with elite and ncaa and what do you think elite can learn from it i think the biggest difference is life experience in all honesty um, because, you know, as elite, that's all you do. All you do is gymnastics. Most people are homeschooled, or even if they're not, like, you're around a bunch of 17 to 18 year olds who have yet to be developed, yet to, like, you know, go out, see the world, talk to a bunch of different people. Um, whereas I think, like, with college, you know, especially if, like, you don't stay within kind of the world of athletics, but even if you, even if you do just stay within the world of athletics, people are coming from all over the country or even like all over the world, um, they have so many different experiences, especially being in different sports, uh, different areas of their life. So I 
feel like that's what really helps you grow is the people that you surround yourself with. And I'm not saying this is at the fall of any allegiance because I, I mean, I was guilty of it too, but that's allegiance because all you know, you know that everything that you do will somehow translate into your gymnastics. So that's all you ever think of. Um, so you just, you don't even have the opportunities to be able to grow. I don't think it's at the fault of any of the elite gymnastics world. I mean, I, there are definitely faults within federations because, you know, federations do try to keep every little gymnast in their tiny little perfect box. Yeah. But I was going to say, do you think it's then somewhat on the federation's responsibilities to encourage that unique thinking and individuality from the athletes? I definitely think it is. I feel like federations could do a better job of having a more unified front with each other versus just being competitors where, um, you know, maybe they should be like, especially at international meets, they should be organizing more opportunities after the meet uh, for gymnasts to be able to like converse with each other. Cause I feel like that's what's really lacking. Like you have that one really big after party at worlds, but it's so awkward. Like, Bro, it's so awkward. Kind of not. You have like you have like fresh sixteen-year-olds with thirty-five-year-olds. It's just like it's that's not a good setting to really like form bonds and friendships. I feel like it needs to be more of like a little cute little like brunch kind of thing. (laughs) Yeah, and then there's like coaches and judges around. I think people I saw on Twitter when bro, I saw on Twitter when the world's after party was just happening. People like I would kill to be a fly on a wall, and I'm like. You wouldn't because it's like a great, it's like an elementary school disco because there's like, oh, it's so awkward. The little dance circles everyone tries to start. And then there's always that one guy that does like a back salt in the middle. And it's like, babe, we can all do back salts. (laughs) It's just, oh, it's the most awkward thing. No, like I love it because it's like fun at the same time, but like it's quite awkward. So yeah, maybe you're right about having a little brunch. A little brunch would be quite cute. <laughs> a little brunch would be really good because I feel like, you know, you need to talk to people from, like, that have different experiences from you. Um, and, you know, people find ways to get around the language barrier. Like, you find, like, everyone is so creative that we find our ways. So I don't feel like that would even, like, really be a problem. But only it needs to be, like, uh. So, like, for a lot of the student orgs, you do like little icebreakers where you have to like, they put you into groups. So it's almost like it needs to be like that. <laughs> so that like, you know, like even like you can't stick with the people that you're comfortable with. You're forced to like go and explore. But I feel like that would like be such that. a good idea. I feel like it would promote like a lot of growth and like a lot just like of like gymnastics becoming one versus just like everyone. Yeah. That's interesting. I like that let's, idea. What, let's get big on the phone. I got to propose this. Yeah. Or if you if you guys are listening, you know what to do. Write it down. Take yeah. notes. Exactly. Um, at at okay. right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'll get my phone out. Um, okay. We're going on to like our five rapid questions to finish this podcast episode. First one is, when are we seeing each other next? Oh, God. I hope soon. Do you want to come to Europe or should I come to the US? Yes. Why don't you come to you Europe? Don't to, you don't want to come to the US. I can't come until the summer. I want to do New York. I, I want to do New York. Oh, okay. Come to New York and then we go to Europe. Okay. All right. So we're going to have to organize I come to Europe and New York or like after Paris next year, I'm going to take some time off. So maybe you come to Australia, I'll see the beaches. I don't know. But I think we need oh. to see each other in the next 12 months because it's been five years. Oh my God. That's disgusting. Um, I have school after Paris. 
I'm supposed to as well. <laughs> yeah, you are. I'm, I'm not doing it. Um, College stop out. You heard it here first. Okay, also, I know I just said I capped the questions at two minutes, but I just want to remind everyone that we had tickets booked for you to come and see me in oh. Amsterdam 2021. I, the day, like two days before you come. The tickets were $500, too. They were so cheap. So cheap. Morgan's ready to hop on the flight. We had hotels, but we had everything organized. It was going to be the most fab, like, reunion, yeah. And I got COVID. I got COVID. Morgan had to cancel the flights. He called me. I'm, like, on the tour bus because I was still on tour at this time. I'm like, no, you're joking. Like, there's no way. I'm like, okay, well, should I still go to Amsterdam by myself? (laughs) I told you. I was like, go, do it. But also, like. No, that's scary. No, because you're supposed to stay with your friends or something. We didn't even have a a real place to stay. I could have also like probably not even had to be isolated because like the rules were so confusing at the time and there was like no way to contact the this is in Germany there was no way to contact like the German hotline I was testing negative by the time you were supposed to come over so we need to redeem we need to redeem that okay we can do an Amsterdam trip all right next question current read are you still a bookworm I am but I have no time to read um if i'm not doing if i'm not at a gym i'm doing scoring if i'm not doing scoring i'm editing videos if i'm not editing videos i'm editing photos um if i'm not doing that i'm dancing on top of a parking garage so i have okay really so have- morgan is reading life that's what she's currently reading life um alrighty. i i'm gonna give you your most no your fave memory of us I mean, not that we have that many in-person memories in comparison no, to, No, that's like, what I'm saying. I'm like, sorry, but I don't... Online. Oh, no. It was us at the pack rooms after party, and everyone kept asking if you were my boyfriend. Yes. I was like, no, he's gay. Yeah, he, he's very gay. I'm like, can you, I'm like, can you not... I'm like, can you not tell? He's like, his ass no. on the floor. <laughs> he's dropping it every five seconds. It's always on the floor. <laughs> yeah, he's gay. Um... My favorite memory was probably okay. Do you remember it was at pack room as well? But we all met on the rooftop like secretly because we didn't want USAG to find out, and I didn't want my federation to find out as well. So I'm like, okay, I t- I told one of my coaches, I'm like, I'm going for to going to the shop anyway. I'm like sprinting to your hotel. I get stopped by this man. Oh yeah, we're in Colombia. You weren't even at the same hotel as me. I, I wasn't at the same hotel. I, we we go to Columbia. We're in Columbia. I get stopped by this man, and I'm trying to like politely tell him I don't want to buy what he's selling. He gets so mad. He starts chasing me. So I'm sprinting. Like I'm like 17. I'm running to your hotel. Anyway, we get up the top, and then like it's just the most awkward meeting of everyone. This is the first time we'd ever seen each other in person, and it was like it didn't help me. we were like with a group too. Yeah, it was like Suni, Grace, Justin, me, Asha, baby Asha, Jordan Bowers. Baby Asha. Ibi Asha, whole crew. Um, but yeah, I almost got jumped in Colombia trying to sneak to your guys' hotel. And the funny thing is, like, if someone, saw, if the USAG like staff saw me walking into the hotel, their minds probably would have gone completely wrong. We, and, I would have been murdered. Yeah, <laughs> like, and we were a, just like a male, to, a male just walked in. Yeah, and we were just like I would have been murdered. To, awkwardly i don't know uh, talk on the rooftop in a group of like seven oh bless us bless our little souls so funny okay um someone asked how often do you refer to yourself as a world champion and if it's not daily then they need to do it for you 
I never do. I think I do like not uh, like sometimes when I give inter introductions, like for like ads and stuff. Um, but like on a daily basis, yeah, no. Like if I'm meeting someone new, I don't even mention that I'm a gymnast. Like I think. All of my friends found like everyone that I like, I am friends with. They found out through like a third party. They don't find out from me. They find out from someone else, and then they come up to me like they're like, "You didn't tell me you're famous." I'm like, "Why would you tell me that?" Bro, that's also the worst thing when someone says that, and it's like, "Don't don't use the f word. Don't use it. It's weird. It makes me uncomfortable." I'm like, "No, I'm not." And they're like, "You're verified." I'm like, "Okay, so it's okay. Like you can it buy that now. <laughs> it's fine." Valid. I mean, like, do like. Do you, like, acknowledge that you, like, were the best in the world at one point? Like, the best in the world? Um, sometimes, like, if, like, my closer friends, when they're asking about gymnastics, kind of, sometimes I'm like, yeah, I used to be so freaking good, bro. Like, I was actually Goated. the best. Like, Goated. Yeah. I was cracked when I was younger, and now I'm not. But when I was younger, I was. So, like, I'll prefer to put it in that sense, but not, like, commonly. Cool. Okay. And this is for both of us. You're going to go first, but biggest oh. advice for your younger self. Oh God. I would say to toss. I would say to stop taking things so seriously. Nothing is that serious. Um, life is going to happen whether you want it or not. And you can only do and control what is within your control, but you can't control outside factors. To stop worrying about them. Nice. I like that. <laughs> now I have to think of a better answer. I was going to say, maybe I should have gone first by your face. <laughs> your face is giving okay. me to stop talking. Stop talking. <laughs> no, I think, I think my advice, and it's still my advice to myself, is I think not everything is like a gymnastics competition. When you're an elite athlete, you have the mindset that everything needs to be perfect and needs to be accurate. And it's just like not the case. Like we're going to always make mistakes every single day. And it's the only way you can grow. So remove yourself from that like mindset that you need to judge yourself because it isn't something to be judged. You're just like, I don't know, you're growing as a person. So let yourself be wrong. Let yourself fall over and, um, yeah, learn from those areas. That's my advice. That was so good. Okay, I feel like that's like a perfect way to wrap up. Um, I'm I'm surprised we kept it within an hour. I think we did. That well. is impressive. I yeah, I feel like there wasn't that many questions though. So I feel like that's why. Yeah, the way we just like kept talking from like five questions, but no. Um, thank you for being my first guest. It was actually a pleasure. <gasps> your first guest i'm not gonna lie i would have been offended if that wasn't your first guest sorry yeah and i don't blame you i would have been a little hurt i would have been a little hurt just a little bit though i would have gone over it but i would have been a little hurt where can listeners watch you or follow you or whatever it is over the next couple months or year um i am the most active on instagram at morgie heard um i'm on twitter sometimes i think I don't know my Twitter username. Is it also Morgan Heard? It might be. I don't know, just like a Morgan Heard. I have a profile. I have a profile picture. TikTok. I'm on TikTok. I don't really post much on TikTok. I think it's mostly ads right now, honestly. But yeah, and don't forget to watch Gators Gym this season too. And when does season start? Season starts January. Don't ask me the date. I don't know anything. Okay, January. I show up. Keep, keep your eyes January. peeled. January. Okay, yeah. well, thank you on behalf of everyone, Morgan, for coming on. I am, yeah, as I said, forever proud of you and love you lots. Thanks.
Love you. See you all next time. Bye. Bye.